Hey gang, welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. Hey, on this week's episode, Chris and I get to have a little bit of fun. We are going to be talking about different myths and trends within the fitness and health space, and we are going to give them an overrated rating or an underrated rating, and then we're going to discuss why we feel that way. It's a really fun episode. We had a lot of fun doing it, so be sure to stay tuned and listen to the whole thing. Um, As always, if you're interested in working with us at Working Against Gravity, you can use Inside Wag at checkout when you sign up for any one of our nutrition coaching programs. That could be the one-on-one coaching that we do or the Nutrition Coaching Plus program that we do, which offers one video call a month with your coach. Uh, either one of those, if you apply Inside Wag at checkout, you will get $50 off your first month of coaching. Pretty cool. Anyways, let's get into the episode, gang. The over-under episode. So this is an episode Josh and I have been uh, excited about doing for a little while now and uh, has come up in multiple conversations. So today we're going to essentially be dispelling or rather providing some um, input as to over and underrated nutrition and fitness industry myths. Um, a lot of the stuff that you see coming at you on the socials from people uh, that we've talked about Um Briefly, another podcast, but today we're going to dive into a couple of different uh, categories of nutrition, supplements, and fitness. Uh, talk about a couple little bullet points of like things going on in those different um, categories, uh, kind of what the uh, popular thing is in those worlds right now, and then kind of uh, providing our insight on um, whether or not that's something that you should be worried about or maybe not worried about and why. Uh, So we'll provide some context and nuance on that. We're not going to go into the weeds with the science and all that stuff. Um, We can get into these things individually in later podcasts, but really it's just a broad generalization of these things to help you, again, cut through the chaos and focus on those big rock items that is supported by the scientific literature um, in terms of science and evidence-based nutrition and fitness, which is what WAG is all about. Um, We're here to help you succeed not um send you on a wild path chasing things <laughs> yeah. you know so um so yeah so josh do you want to kick it off with our first uh, so we're going to start with nutrition and what's yeah. the first thing we're going to cover in nutrition yes so a hot topic post-workout anabolic window mm. what do you and think that, chris uh i think that's overrated um myself how about yeah. you i say overrated I, I there there are some kind of there there are a little there's some benefits and I'll, we'll we'll get into it in just a minute but um mm-hmm. overall yeah I would say overrated bingo Boom. overrated <laughs> um and the idea of that anabolic window right is that post workout window like I'm done my workout if I'm if I'm going to preserve my gains I need mm-hmm. to get a protein shake in and a good quality uh carb source in me immediately or that workout's going to be all for none And that just simply isn't the case, people. It is a matter of total calories and total protein consumed throughout the day, ideally a fairly even spread, but not everyone can mimic that. And it is based on the individual. So again, you've got to do what is uh, good for you and what you feel best doing. So play around with those ideas, really. Yeah. But um, no. I think that's the the caveat right there is to play around with these ideas because I Mm -hmm. do think that planning your pre and post workout meal 
is a good way to structure your day, especially mm-hmm. if you're in a deficit because yeah. you want the most energy for your training, uh, your training block. So yes. I've, I've done this personally and I know a lot of clients that have done this that are maybe getting ready for um, a meet where their calories are very low. They're trying to make weight, but we funnel a lot of the protein and carbohydrates mainly, but carbohydrates and protein towards their um, workout window. And we want to make sure that they have some fuel in the tank to begin, you know, so maybe an hour before, like you have that snack or drink or whatever it is you might, you might have. And then afterwards, um, again, usually because they're in such a deficit, you want to just get a meal in soon after that to start to f- come back to life a little bit if you're if you're really really depleted. So yeah. it's not so much that it's an absolute must. Like it's it's not like the workout is just gone. Like forget it. Who cares mm-hmm. if you don't get those carbs and proteins in immediately after? Um, th- that's that's just simply not true. That's that's not the case. But again, planning your day accordingly and making sure that you have some healthy food in like uh how, how do you say uh ready to go i guess just ready to go after your workout um is is a good way to like structure your day so yep. um it's not 100 percent necessary but it, it's definitely a good way to uh practice your nutrition and preparation skills yep and if you're an intentional if, you, if you're intentionally training these could be the two most important meals of your day to figure out yeah so totally. Yep. And, yep. And to I, I tell people on. all the time, figure those meals out first and mm-hmm. then whatever you have left, you can kind of like spread them out. But yep. Yeah. hundred percent. So, cool. All right. What do we got next? <sighs> Boy, this is a big one. Mm. You ready? <laughs> Intermittent fasting. Hmm. What do you think? Intermittent fasting. Overrated. Agreed. <laughs> Overrated. So mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about it though, because yep. Well, I, I guess like what is intermittent fasting? Uh, intermittent, intermittent fasting yeah. traditionally is the 16-hour fast with an 18, uh, 18, 16-hour <laughs> fast with an eight-hour eating window yes. where you consume all your calories for the day and then boom, you you close it off at that point. Um, You want to dig into this a, a, a little bit here? <clears throat> sure. Um, So a lot of people will uh, essentially say like – I started intermittent fasting and uh, the weight started to come off. Mm. And, and, and when you, and people make those statements, you have to ask why that's happening. Mm. Um, so much like most diets work because they're creating a calorie deficit by telling you a group of foods you can eat and a group of foods that you need to knock out of your diet entirely. And then no wonder why you lose weight because you're not eating a bunch of those calories anymore. In a way, intermittent fasting is the same. So if you are trying to hit... If I'm trying to eat 2,600 calories a day and that's a deficit for me, right? And that's what's going to produce fat loss. What can often be easiest is taking that 2,600 calories and instead of spreading it out over the course of a 16 hour day when I'm awake and doing all these things and I'm not sleeping, um, that's an opportunity to, you know, kind of float my calories more evenly. But when you're slamming them and crunching them into an eight hour window of time, you get to eat more calories in a shorter amount of time, more. which generally leads to um, eat, being able to eat bigger meals because you have to get your calories in in a shortened window of time. Because if you don't 
be intentional with it. It's not going to happen. Um, and the idea is that you're just fuller for longer yeah. in a shortened amount of time. And so that's a win-win when you're trying to reinforce a deficit. So if you're not a breakfast person and you just like to get up in the morning, have some coffee, water, do your thing and not eat your first meal until noon or one, which I generally do most of the time, no matter what my dieting preference is <laughs> at the time. It's just how I like to schedule my life. That's great. It works. Um, but there's nothing magical about it. it but mm -hmm. There is this idea that there's something magical about it. But when you understand the pretext as to why it's providing the end result, then you see it as the tool that it is. And so intermittent fasting is a tool to align with your schedule, your preferences and your eating preferences. You can eat many more smaller meals across the day to hit your 2,600 calories, or I could eat fewer larger meals, which to me, I love that. I love sitting at a bunch of food and being like, hell yeah, I get to eat <laughs> all of this, not tiny little nibbles throughout yeah. the day. And that keeps me satisfied keeps the brain off the idea of food. I'm trucking along to my next meal. It just keeps me structured. And that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's a tool for structure. That's great. That's a, a great synopsis of it. Cool. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I won't even add anything because that was, that, right. that was great. That was great. Okay. Cool. Uh, um, next, next one then. Yeah. Uh, eating clean, Josh. What do you think about that? Boy, again, there's asterisks. Mm -hmm. I think that we need an asterisk next to this. Because this is so different for every person, right? Mm. Um, what does clean mean? Right. I mean, are you at me? Yeah. What, what, what's clean to me <laughs> what is different. Is it's different to me than what it is to you? I think you. So Chris made a joke earlier that he said clean eating is eating an Oreo that doesn't have dirt on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my idea. Clean eating. <laughs> that's very, very funny. You know, when yeah. I think of <clears throat> excuse me, when I think of clean eating, I think of more like the bodybuilder style diet where it's like mm -hmm. the the typical stereotypical i should say yeah. chicken rice and broccoli meals you know yum, yum. that's like quote unquote clean eating mm -hmm. obviously that's not the only way to you know quote unquote eat clean but yep. that's what i think about um so i mean i personally i think it's overrated yep. chris i think it's overrated as well again with the asterisks um there you go but I think in, in, in general purposes, what people are generally trying to say when they say eating clean, it is eating mother nature provided single ingredient foods, whole foods. That's, That's it. it. Fruits, vegetables, leafy greens, whole grains, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, animal proteins. You're on your merry way. That's right. pretty straightforward, right? But it isn't to say that just because you eat clean foods, you can't overeat those things either, right? That's right. And cause a surplus or whatever it is. It may negate the particular goals that you have. Uh, but again, there's uh, there's nothing magical about it. But there, again, there is a lot of health benefits there and what it lends to your nutrition, sustainability, and tolerance, which is being fuller for longer, being able to eat more foods for fewer calories, win-win. Yep. 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 I, I think it's important to just understand that neither of us is saying – go out and eat junk as long as it fits no. your macros. You know, exactly. that's, that's not, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying that there's a lot more gray area. Mm -hmm. There's a, than, than people might think, you know, you yep. can, you can eat, you know, these healthy, uh, all natural meals or all natural food sources and have like some sort of like small treat or something else that maybe would otherwise be like, ostracized from a diet right. and still live to the, for the next day, live to see the sunrise another day. The, <laughs> the, the problem is that when people eat really, really um, clean, quote unquote clean, 
and all natural foods, uh, single source, uh, single source foods, if they have one of those things, one of those treats, one of those small things, they have trouble stopping. So, so that's what, that's where you have to like, kind of know yourself. It's like, you know, you can either just totally cut it out or if you're able to moderate, you can have those little things sprinkled in and it's not really going to affect you as long as it fits your total calorie intake. Mm. Um, but there's no question that, uh, eating single source food, everything Chris just said, single source foods, you know, bigger meals that fill you up for longer, like that is going to be the best way, uh, to improve your health Mm. and likely manage, uh, your weight, whichever way you want to do that. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a no brainer. Um, yeah, the I mean, long term effect is eff- efficacy of your diet, no matter what yeah, that's your goals right. are. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So cool. And one of the last ones that we have here for the nutrition mm-hmm. portion, liver and organ meats, liver and organ meats. This is you go on yeah. Instagram. I mean, it's everywhere. <sighs> It seems Maybe like it's everywhere, much, but I think it's <laughs> on a downslope, but we know with most yeah. nutrition fads and things, it'll come back around like the comet that it is. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it always, they always come back in some different repackaged form. For sure. Will. So yeah. Um, For sure. I mean, I think that this is dramatically overrated and overblown for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and again, the nuance here being uh, everyone is that we're not saying that liver and organ meats can't or won't be good for you. But this idea that if you're just including them in your diet and it's all you're eating, that again, that's going to provide some sort of magical response or a result or whatever is just, it's just not supported. Um, you know, a lot of these diets tend to even demonize vegetables, believe it or not, right? Yeah. Um, people who are very carnivore associated, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a weird thing to even wrap your head around. Like, wait, you're telling me that vegetables are bad. Like what? It's an interesting thing. But again, if you like liver, if you like eating organ meats and these are the, that's the catalyst for you being able to hit your protein in an enjoyable and sustainable way Mm -hmm. to meet your protein goals for your specific goals and achievements. Awesome. Do, do you, I think liver's disgusting. I think organ meats are gross. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the price. Even if I did, I would, the price, the, the the accessibility, trying to get them, cooking them, all that stuff, eating them raw, it's all for Instagram people. It's just, it looks cool. It it, it looks like it's it's providing some fucking thing that it's not. Um, it's just, you know, it, eat eat the rainbow of proteins and different things, you know, to get it in. It's just, if, if that's part of it, great. But again, yeah. there's nothing magical about that over something else. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yep, you that's... can get all your micronutrients and uh, nutritional needs in a well-versed and well-varied nutritional approach. Yeah, for sure. Yep. The the uh, the little asterisk for this one is that there there is no denying that organ meats and liver in particular is extremely rich in nutrients. Yeah. So there is like again the caveat with this stuff is like there is like nutritional value that you can gain from it. Um, but it's just really, really overblown yeah. like on, on Instagram. I mean, I can, I don't know. We probably don't want to get into like talking about specific accounts, but I mean, it's no. not hard to find uh, people mm-hmm. promoting this um, sort of uh, diet, especially carnivore. Carnivore is extremely popular, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I don't think that that's a, a sustainable way to treat your nutrition habits. And I think that most people would say the same. Um, there, there was a saying that, uh, I can't remember who said it, but I, I think it was, 
it might have been another nutrition company actually <laughs> um, <laughs> oh i'll say their name on here tactic it might yeah. have been tactic the set it mm-hmm. um they were talking about keto the keto diet and uh the quote was i'm gonna do the keto diet again because it worked the first time because it worked the first because time. <laughs> it worked the first time yeah and so yep. the the, yeah, the, yeah. the video it was i mean they, it. they 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 do great stuff like mm-hmm. uh for sure and uh that that is a great uh example of like the, some of these like more extreme diets where it's like oh you might do it for a week and it's like boom you start to shed water you start to shed some fat and you're like this is a miracle like this is it mm-hmm. and then Day 10 hits and you're like, okay, like, you know, and then two weeks and three weeks and you're like, I'm going to explode. I'm going to, or no, implode, maybe <laughs> I'm going yeah, to implode. Right. Yeah. And it's very, very difficult to sustain. So if you want to incorporate these, like, like Chris said, if you want to incorporate mm-hmm. these into a well-balanced, uh, varied diet, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But the over, um, promotion of the, the benefits and the, the, necessity for them i think is where the problem comes in so i would say yep we're gonna go back to this yeah i would say and this idea that if you're not doing that that you're somehow losing out because you're not unless you really love liver that's right (laughs) that's right sad because you didn't get to eat liver today that's it that's right yeah so over all right over yeah all right so we're jumping jumping into supplements Ooh, big one all right chris what do we got First one on the list is BCAAs, uh, otherwise known as branch chain amino acids, which are generally consumed in the form of a powder uh, pre-workout, sometime within 15 to 30 minutes of your workout. People mm-hmm. love to just pop it in their mouth in their cars and their videos and then swig it with some water and then, you know, <laughs> get it down and whatnot and then go into the gym and they, you know, think it's going to, it's having some uh, amazing effect on their workout because of how it makes your blood tingle in your body and <laughs> how it makes your brain <laughs> feel. Uh, but really, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on it, Josh? Ooh, over. <laughs> over. <laughs> rated. I, I would overrated. concur, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Overrated. Uh, why, why is that, Josh? Um, just because if you're eating enough protein in your diet in general, you're going to be your system is going to be flushed with amino acids. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be missing out on anything. Um, There is, uh, there's a study, I think it was Brad Schoenfeld that did the study and he might've had assistance from, um, gosh, it might've been Alan Aragon or James Krieger. I can't. Most likely. Those three guys have done a ton of work. Um, I'll throw in uh, Lyle McDonald as well. A ton of research and a ton of work on protein intake and, uh, what's what's proper uh for the different variations of the human body um but the the amino acid thing i distinctly remember brad schoenfeld talking about how this can actually be detrimental because all of a sudden your body is uh or all of a sudden we have bcas here and then we have like your your regular protein intake here and there's a competition for absorption So if you take in a lot of BCAs, like thinking like, oh, this is just going to help me not get so sore and I'm going to keep my muscle and all this. Meanwhile, you're eating the proper amount of protein per day. Um, Your body will, will probably regular, will probably regularly absorb those easier branch chain amino acids. And therefore we miss out on a ton of other amino acids that animal, uh, animal based proteins hold Mm -hmm. and also other nutrients uh, that you could be getting from those foods 
in lieu of this supplement. So it actually can yeah. cause like more of a problem than it solves. Mm. And it takes a lot more work to get those animal proteins down than it does to just pop a scoop of something into your, you know, pre-workout cocktail, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah so. for sure. Hmm. Good. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Uh, Guess see. what, Chris? Huh. The next one is called <laughs> creatine monohydrate. Mm. What do you think? I think uh, for most, uh, let's go. I'm going to go with underrated. I agree. With a, with a, with a caveat, but yeah. <laughs> underrated. So underrated. So creatine is great for, um, you can have some performance enhancement, um, some, you know, muscle retention abilities, things like that um, can help you. But it, it is one of the, for over, what, three decades now, it is one of the yeah. most widely studied tested, verified, safe supplements on the market time and time and time again. Uh, it has been shown to be advantageous and beneficial to those who don't even lift weights or strength train. So when you kind of, when you get that sort of feedback from studies, you're just like, it becomes kind of like one of those things where it's a why not thing. Um, mm -hmm. but it's also inexpensive, you know, um, and it's, uh, it's straightforward. There's no proprietary blends. There's no question marks. There's no, right. uh, skirty stuff around it. You know, it's pretty straightforward and, and generalized. And, um, I've had my moments with it on and off again, uh, but I generally kind of just have it be one of those things that I just kind of regularly do because a, it's inexpensive. It's easy to do. Um, I throw that in my coffee in the morning and boom, wham and done, you know, um, I can't personally say that I've noticed any sort of anecdotal yeah. benefit between having a workout session where I had creatine or a day where I might've missed it or skipped it. Uh, I just, it's such a small read that again, it's yeah. one of those things that like, <laughs> it's highly unlikely to like make the difference between you hitting a PR or not. Right. It's not one of those performance enhancing things, but it just kind of has more of that longevity um, mm -hmm. in your diet, like the more that it's included and sustained and your body is, um, getting these things regularly, that will probably have more of a compound effect over time. Um, especially as a, a person who is trying to maintain and develop a very, very solid, dense, um, massive muscle on their yeah. frame, um, all times are through their life for longevity, um, mm -hmm. and decreasing, uh, injuries, you know, ligaments, joints, all these things, injuries that happen in different sports and stuff like that. It's just, it's kind of goes to that, uh, longevity injury prevention. Uh, and these things can kind of help with that long-term, but yeah, again, nothing magical about it, yeah. but underrated because m more people may stand to benefit it from it if they try. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think, it, I think it carries a little bit of a stigma, you know, like, you have to like be this like power lifter, weight lifter to use it and get any benefit out of it, which is not the case. Um, it's safe for both men and women. Um, it's I, the, the doses are different. You know, I've read, yeah. I've read a couple different studies and a couple different, uh, you know, perspectives on it. But for, for most people like men taking five grams a day is extremely safe and women taking, you know, three grams a day is extremely safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Chris said, he puts it in his coffee uh, and it doesn't taste like anything. It's, you know, then yep. it's in his neutral. System. I Yeah, neutral. I have it in my protein shake every morning. That way it's just, it's just in your system, like ready, ready to go. One of the things that, excuse me again, two things. Uh, 
one is the recovery aspect of creatine is, is really cool. And this is one of the things that people get hung up on is when they're trying to lose weight, they're like, Oh, should I use creatine? Because, because I want to lose weight. So should I, is it, is it going to like be detrimental to that? Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is no. Um, because what creatine does is it pulls water intramuscularly, not subcutaneously. So Mm -hmm. I should say back in the nineties before the, the process of, creating the creatine was refined uh there was a little bit of a um bloat associated with creatine mm-hmm. um and this has been widely this has been studied and show, shown time and time again but as the years went on as chris said decades later the process has gotten so um like pinpoint refined that the, the creatine is is really really fine and a really high quality and what happens is that the creatine will pull water inter intramuscularly wow that's a hard word to say yeah um, intramuscularly. <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> yeah so you're tearing yourself up in yep. the gym right you're stretching and tearing up your muscle fibers what creatine can help do doesn't it's not like a magic pill or anything like that but what it can help do is pull water into the muscle to um assist and enhance the recover the the recovery period or yeah speed it up, speed up the recovery period. Um, so that's really helpful. That's really good. Um, you might look a little bit more like jacked. Like if, if you have lower body fat and you take, um, creatine, uh, you might, you might see like a, uh, aesthetic change, you know, look, yeah, yeah. More of that pumped look. And this is, it's very slight and it changes from person to person, but, um, but there is that sort of benefit. Um, which is cool. Uh, and then the other thing is more recently, the cognitive benefit to taking creatine, um, yeah. which is which is really interesting. And it's for the same reasons as uh, it pulling water into your, your uh, muscles that have been damaged. Uh, there's now research to show that it enhances brain functionality and uh, mm-hmm. also some like recovery principles. If you're like under extreme stress or um, you work a very, very demanding job, not only does it help you with total body recovery and it's now showing to uh, help with your mental recovery and mental well-being as well. So mm-hmm. I believe Dr. Andy Galpin just did a podcast about that and it's uh, really interesting. So yeah, keeping the old brain lubed up, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Underrated. Our first Underrated. one. Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, boy. Are moving right along, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, getting towards the end of it. Our last category right. here. Yeah. Um, I should um, say, how about how about this? If hmm. you're listening to this right now and there's something you want us to cover, let us know. Please. You can you can get a, you can drop a comment on the podcast below. Um, if you're a part of our WAG members group on Mighty Networks or our Facebook page, drop a comment. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and yeah, we'll keep doing episodes like this because to be honest, they're really fun. So they are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Next up. Chris, what do we got? All right. Um, third and final category we're going to cover is fitness myths. Fitness myths. Yeah. With the first being, Josh. Fitness trackers slash wearables. Like Fitbit, Whoop, Whoop. Apple Watch, mm-hmm. Aura Ring. Yeah. I mean, whatever. You can, even, you can yeah. include you could include Garmin. You could include mm, all these other right, like, Garmin. yeah, stuff like that. All these things. Yeah. Boy. Um, I know people aren't people aren't going to be happy about this one, Chris. They're not. They're not. (laughs) (laughs) For those listening, I held up the overrated. Over. Yep. So. Yep. 
Um, wow, where to begin? Yeah, with this one. Um, Let's guess... start with the the facts. Uh, what what sure. studies show about testing all of these things? And there's been some studies in the last few years that have kind of brought out this like kind of disappointing um, comparing multiple wearables, trackers, different people, all that. Essentially, what was found is that the data is not really reliable um, mm-hmm. because of the rate of um, inconsistency with it. Um, it could be upwards of 20%, 27% or higher or off in, in over under. So if you're a person who is working out to maintain a set of burn calories per day or per workout or something like that, thinking you're hitting this metric, chances are you're not. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Because... The reason being is when pursuing uh, your calorie intake, if we're a deficit to lose body fat uh, at maintenance to maintain your body weight or in a calorie surplus to gain weight, whatever form that may be, um, the idea is you're going to be able to control your, your calories far easier in your nutrition than you will be able to modify them or have a, a bearing on them in your exercise because it is so inconsistent. You know, yeah. like you look at your watch and you think you burned a thousand calories from that workout. Probably didn't, you know, Probably didn't. Um, there's that idea, right? Like in CrossFit, um, CrossFit open that these, these workouts are somehow taking more, you know, like CrossFit opens, like, should I up my carbs and all this stuff? I'm like, it's just another CrossFit workout. It's it's harder because it has all the hard stuff packed together that you normally don't combine, like that yeah, your yeah. normal gym wouldn't uh, program. It just feels harder because it's intense and the expectations are higher and all these things. So that that's right into your mindset, right? And this idea that you need more, but really it's you, you probably burned another 350 calories like you did in yesterday's normal wad. Yeah. It's just the evidence isn't there. So what are they what are they good for though, Josh? Um, in terms of accountability and, and establishing baselines of your lifestyle habits. Yeah. So that's that's the that's the asterisk on this one. That's the caveat on this yeah. one. It's like you can absolutely like the step trackers, you mm-hmm. can absolutely use these fitness trackers and wearables to gauge how active you have been during the day. Now, like Chris was saying, the numbers are not going to be super reliable in the calorie in the calorie burn respect. Yes. However, like if you sit at a desk job all day and you have one of these on, right? Yeah, same. You have one of these on, you can like tap into it and say like, oh, you know, like you might feel kind of sluggish or whatever. And it's like, oh, I've only walked like 5,000 steps today. And the day is like half over or or maybe, maybe even it's further along than that. Hmm. Seeing numbers like that and knowing that you should be targeting like a higher number of steps just to continue to. Uh, increase and maintain your neat your mm-hmm. non-exercise activity thermogenesis um the all the benefits of that are are super well documented so mm-hmm. if you can use the tracker to look and be like i should probably get up and go for a walk around the block or go do something else you know just for a little bit like that's a hundred percent like a positive mm-hmm. we're not saying that these are negative that these are bad things um it's just putting too much stock into the data that you see that can be problematic. Um, yeah, getting and tripped up over it, or that's that's yeah. right. Or just using it to justify behaviors is yeah. is generally what I see. Like, I'll I will talk to some people, some either at at my gym or some cl- wag clients, and they'll try to justify maybe a, a night out or a cheat meal because they had a big day in the gym or they were just doing like all this stuff and. 
and well, my tracker says I burned like 1200 calories on that run. So, I mean, yeah, I went for it last night when, with dinner, you know, and it's like, you not really, you know, mm. it, you were, you were active like for sure. And that's a good thing, but you don't need, you don't, you should not, I was gonna say you don't need to, <clears throat> but you should not use these numbers to justify behaviors. Um, no. Unless you're unless you're looking at them and you're like, I have not moved at all today, and then you're justifying going out for a walk. That's a little bit yeah. different, but yeah, rewarding yeah. yourself calories back from calories burned and exercise can mm-hmm. often be what negates the deficit that you set in your nutrition to begin with. Yeah, um, and a lot of new clients that we see coming in who get their My Fitness Pal set up to sync with Seismic and fill in their logs, the first thing I check in that first week or two is if if they are logging activity into their My Fitness Pal, which is then rewarding them back calories that's right. burned from exercise because again if if it's doing that and these calories are incorrect as they are not only is it actually probably causing you to eat closer to maintenance if not into a surplus but those are off so yeah. you're not really going to get a good read on what is actually working but that's again why we control the calories and the macronutrients from your nutrition which is far more controllable far more predictable than anything you're going to stand to gain from a read on calories burned any given day. Um, and, and an yeah. anecdotal story too. I haven't had a wearable for some time now. I went and picked up some cheap, whatever band, because again, working from home outside of my normal workouts and going for walks with my dogs or hikes and things like that. Like on an average day, I might be lucky to hit 4,000 steps a day, mm-hmm. going to the bathroom, filling my water bottle, just normal generic stuff throughout my day. So if I'm not being intentional about it, I'm not going to get to my six, eight K step count, at least my minimum. Right. Um, and so it's good to get a read on those things when you are being more highly, uh, active in movement. Cause then that's motivational to be like, I want to keep this going or at least find out what my through line through the week is. And then you've got a baseline in which you've established to which you can improve off of it. Um, and then I also use this in terms of what you said with neat. So when a client comes to this roadblock, we're like, Hey, Uh, It looks like for the last two weeks, your weight has kind of steadied out. It's plateaued a bit. And that's not to say that that's bad or anything because maintaining your weight is great. We know that. But we're at a crossroads. So I could either reduce your calories or you can increase your activity through neat, through natural Mm. everyday movement, right? To kind of flush that deficit a little further, which me going out for a walk to make sure I'm hitting a, a higher step count could be far more tolerable and sustainable than it could be to eat 30 less grams of carbs a day. Yeah. So it, there is a trade-off because again, people, this is energy balance, but again, getting into the weeds and thinking that you're going to be precise about it is that thought that you're going to be perfect with your macro tracking too, which is just not possible. So yeah, don't do it. It's a waste of energy. Yeah. Put your energy elsewhere. That's <laughs> what we're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. Yeah. All right. Cool. We got two more moving yeah. on. What do you think? Uh, ice baths? Ice baths. Uh, overrated. Overrated. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's there's value here, but it's yeah. not gonna it's it's not gonna if you're, if you're not eating right and you're not sleeping, mm-hmm. it's not gonna fix those problems. No. Yeah. If you're under <laughs> eating, underslept, under recovered, um, yeah. it can make you more prone to injury, things like that. Uh, recent studies have actually shown that it can negate the retention of muscle mass for uh, individuals who are training to preserve and build muscle mass. It can actually kind of inhibit that ability. Um, so it is one of those things to kind of do 
effective dosage, if you will, right? Yeah. Like I had this conversation with a client of mine who was kind of doing that, telling me he's doing ice baths and stuff like that. We kind of had that to conversation. Like, let's not get too locked into this thing that it's actually going to, it's really bringing about some magic, right? Or really going to increase your performance and all these things. Like what he saw it as was just a challenge to overcome. He's like, I like sitting in this thing for five minutes and overcoming a challenge. It's more of a mm. mental challenge and stuff like that. So it kind of begs the the question as like, what are people really doing this for? Is it for the cool Instagram video that we see everywhere? Right. Everyone's just like, it's just the fad that came around just a, a bat. Or is it just like stepping up to a challenge, overcoming it? And it's more of a mental hurdle that you started your day with to go into the day to be like, I could take on anything. Right. Like that has some yeah. positive influence for sure in the same sense if you're putting in a lot of work in the gym and then ice bathing every morning you could be it could be diminishing returns essentially yeah so the yep i i mean that's well said well said the um obviously the uh counter the counter argument is that you know flushing you know getting all that oxygen you know into your system like very quickly is Mm. you know is very beneficial you know especially for your joints if if you're doing like a crossfit competition and you jump in an ice bath it's like that can you know it can literally cool you off mm-hmm. you know uh and prevent you from like overheating but your joints can also get like some sort of benefit from it it goes yeah. back to what chris was saying effective dose yeah it's not that we're saying that this is like inherently bad it's just overrated like the amount yeah. it's just overrated that's all it's not going to fix um, all the wrongs in your life that's, that's right sure. yeah that's right. Yep. That's right. so <laughs> yeah cool so boy that's it we got one more what one more all right one more yeah that was a quick one nice toning 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 well let's say what our rating is then we'll go into actually what that means right okay okay (laughs) so uh toning overrated for me overrated Mm -hmm. let's talk about it (laughs) all right so this idea of toning people say i want to tone up right uh i remember believing this thought over a decade ago that it's like, oh, well, you know, I just got to turn this fat into muscle (laughs) in my unknown world, um, uneducated place that I used to be in. um, You got to turn fat into muscle. Like toning is essentially like this idea that you're sculpting, right? You're building your body and whatnot. um, Or that you can spot reduce body fat by training. Like if I do a hundred sit-ups a day, I'm going to spot reduce the body fat on Mm. my abdomen to reveal the actual rigid muscles that lay underneath, which is not the case. That is done through an appropriate calorie deficit to continue flushing the body fat out of your system whilst preserving and building, if you will, or sculpting. Like I think I've used the uh, analogy of being a Michelangelo carving out his David. That's what you're doing every time you show up to lift weights, to get that pump, to build, to tear, repair, recover. Um, and then your diet is what essentially supports and reveals that hard work. But this Mm -hmm. idea that you're going to tone just by lifting, but not having any sense of control of diet, like it might work for a little while, but um, a a lot of female clients kind of uh, latch onto this idea of toning, you know, it's like, well, I just, I want to look lean, but I don't want to look too muscular. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, all right, well, once you get to a point, then just stop lifting the heavier weights kind of thing, you know, like (laughs) just find the, the weight that keeps you in that groove, stop progressing to then, branch through that next or break through that next, uh, you know, ceiling that you've hit. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's it. Toning is, is just a different way. I mean, when, when we read that from a client, you know, it's like, okay, you want to lose some fat and build a little bit of muscle. Like that's, that's what we're talking about. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And 
sometimes that sometimes that can be it's a it's a mental thing for sure because like we we know objectively that that's what this person means and that's what they're looking for mm-hmm. but to get them to understand that it that there is going to be like lifting the lifting of weights is required to quote unquote tone mm-hmm. you know there, there, i mean people will say that toning isn't a thing you know like muscle yeah. toning is not a thing it's 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 losing fat and then getting gaining a little bit of muscle or preserving the muscle that you have underneath mm-hmm. the fat that's what quote unquote toning is yeah. or um, it could be like considered high reps at lower weight like that's sure. how you tone right like yeah, yeah sure sure <clears throat> but but again to to a coach and someone that has kind of like been in the industry for a while it's like okay this person wants to lose body fat and either promote muscle gain or just maintain the muscle that they already have depending on their body composition um so the the idea of toning is just overrated because it's toning isn't really a thing it's it's no. more like hey we're gonna drop your body fat and we're gonna maintain your muscle and, and grow it a little bit how's that sound sound good good all right that's yeah. what, that's what no. we're gonna do um, now we're on the same page awesome now we're on the you same know, page yeah. right and mm-hmm. and again it's not that i think it's just like a uh uh i don't want to say like naivete hmm. but it's just the conf- you know it's a it's a confusion confusing uh term to use and and magazines use it all the time websites use it all the time oh yeah um so again when clients it's a clickable keyword kind of yeah definitely definitely Mm -hmm. it's like a yeah seo works toning it works it works really well yeah um (laughs) but when it comes down to it what what we're talking about is is achieving a lower body fat percentage uh, to show off the muscle that you already have yep um and that's what that's what toning is so i would say the the word Toning overrated, for overrated. sure. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think for posterity's sake, I'll hold this up. I don't yeah, know if I why not. Yeah, <laughs> consistency. There we go. Over, yeah. overrated for those YouTube watchers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, uh, yeah. I think. Th- I mean, that's it, gang. We did oh, it. Th- these are. Uh, keep in mind, these are obviously not all no, of the, so the hot many. topics. There's so to narrow many. It down just to these. <laughs> the, these are these are just ones that we see and hear often. Yeah. And like and we said earlier in the episode, if there are some that you would like us to talk about or some that you, if you have questions you want answered, throw them in the comments. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to hear from you and we can we can tackle some of these, you know, as, as a team. And, uh, you know, don't I don't want anyone to feel like they're going to be put on the spot. You know what I mean? Because I know oh, no. that ask, sometimes asking questions can be. Yeah. Kind of we're not going to be like so and so ask. Yeah. No, we're just taking yeah. your question. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We're just taking the question <laughs> yep. and running with it. Because yeah. think about it this way if you have that question, there's probably 10 other people that have that question too. Yeah. And there's no such thing as a dumb question, especially right. when you're learning something new and you're trying to wrap your head around new ideas um, yeah. and the fundamentals of fitness and nutrition. Um, yeah, be be a sponge, be open to what you have to to learn because there's so much and you're not going to figure it all out in 3 months. Yeah. You're not going to figure it all out in a year. It is a, a it is a lifetime pursuit. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah, we're going yeah. to help you do. And to make that easier, uh, if you use code insidewag at checkout at workingagainstgravity.com/join, we will take $50 off of your first month's nutrition coaching service no matter which plan you choose. So, code insidewag at checkout. And uh, yeah, we look forward to the next one, everyone. Yeah. Anything Thank you else, very Josh, much. Close it out. 
Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, that was a great way to close it. But so, so gang, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see, or see y'all. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk to y'all soon. We'll see you next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll do all those things. All those things. <laughs>